Hey, what's up, everybody? It is the Thanksgiving episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. Skating shorthanded this week, Haley is not with us, uh, but I do have my wonderful line mates, Lauren and Mike, with me. How's everyone doing this week? I don't know if it's because it's Thanksgiving week or if it's just kind of a shorter week for me in terms of work, but I'm feeling really good this week, much better than last week, and the Bruins continue to be good, so just everything's coming up, Lauren, this week. Isn't it the best? The short week is is perfect. Like, you wake up on Monday morning, you're like, oh, technically this is my Wednesday. Awesome. Best is I'm so I'm off until Wednesday. So I'm only working for three days this week. So mine's kind of backwards, but I still get the extra rest just at the beginning of the week. Mike, how about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm actually like fighting as hard as I can against this like bug that I think is going around my house and my workplace right now. So I'm I'm keeping my head above water, but I'm like, it's 3 30. I need an extra coffee just because I'm feeling a little out of it today so yeah the the late afternoon coffee is always good i've been getting back into the duncan refreshers lately too um and the uh, energy punches duncan does not sponsor this podcast but they should um we'll uh we'll get we'll get a deal done with them eventually but uh, yeah i'm a big fan of the energy punch uh yeah but sometimes you just need that little pick me up in the late afternoon i hear you you don't want to be sick on thanksgiving week that much is certain so stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League in the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And in, on this particular episode, what we're thankful for. Uh, so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. And for our opening face-off, uh, let's go right back over to our West Coast uh, line mate this week. Uh, Mike, what is your opening face-off for this episode? I can't sing enough praise uh, an excitement for the return of the goalie hug. I was so sad for, for a week, you know, a couple weeks where, um, you know, obviously Olmark had Felino filling in for him. So they, the hug maintained, but seeing uh, Olmark and Swayman bring their hugs back. And then also the Boston pride goalies bringing it there too. So two wagons in the city of Boston, making sure that when they get dubs um, they're showing love to their attendees. So I, I really love seeing that. Yeah, I mean, and first and foremost, when they get wins, I mean, uh, when don't they get wins? The Boston Pride undefeated so far this season, the Boston Bruins, as we sit here recording on November 21st, 16-2-0. So uh, most games are ending with a goalie hug, but I, I do love that that is going. Uh, that's gone like all over NHL Twitter now. It, it was like uh, a local thing last year, and now like NHL uh, media is like, hey, yeah, the Bruins goalies are going to hug after the game. And as you mentioned, too, uh, the, the the pride also uh, in indulging in the goalie hug. I love it. I, I love good vibes, good chemistry. Absolutely, Mike. Lauren, about yourself, what is your opening face-off for us this week? So I have two. I just want to sh like share some love for Hampus Lindholm and how just amazing he is for as much hate as Sweeney gets, excluding the whole Mitchell Miller thing. Like, he deserves the hate for that. Um, but like his drafting and his, he always gets crap for his drafting, understandably and rightfully, but he's really hit on this Hampus Lindholm trade. The extension as well, just looks like an absolute genius move. And I'm so excited to see him really elevate his game from last year. He had the concussion in the playoffs and he's really just got this really awesome chemistry. I never thought we'd see Brandon Carlo on the third line, but I just think that speaks to how much, how strong all the, the entire blue line is especially Lindholm just absolutely not maybe not on purpose but not getting the credit he deserves this year though I do think people are talking beginning to talk about him a lot more so I'm super excited for that and then I'm bummed Haley's not here because I wanted to shout her out for her diabetes awareness month posts I know she did this last year and um the way she goes about it and she's just so she's informative she educates you and it's obviously very very important cause to bring attention to and I hope we can continue to bring awareness to it after November ends but I think she's an incredible advocate and and just like I said very educational and informative I learned so much just from her posts alone so big shout out to her for continuing to do that and making sure people are aware of that how serious diabetes is and how people can continue to live as close to a normal life as possible with it yeah very well said Lauren uh, and 
Haley actually did a um, a diabetes awareness photo shoot as well, which she's been posting some of the the pictures incrementally, um, as well as her uh, her, her pets. Um, she uh, she made sure to give uh, the animals uh, some uh, some show, uh, some show as well. But uh, yeah, the posts have been fantastic for Diabetes Awareness Month, um, and uh, it, like like you, I've also get, getting educated by some of these uh, these posts every day. So uh, shout out to our wonderful line mate Haley. Agreed. As for myself, uh, my uh, my opening face off for the week has to do with uh, some of the some of the trade buzz starting uh, very early on here uh, this NHL season. And as we sit here now, we're you know a little bit more than a fifth of the way through the season, less than a quarter of the way through the season, but you know almost a quarter of the way through the season. Trade deadline is March third, uh, so you know still about three months away. But you know that doesn't stop teams from making trades early or uh, potentially trying to go all in. And now suddenly there's a little bit of buzz around the Boston Bruins and uh, potential addition of Patrick Kane. So some not so reputable sources have connected the Bruins to Kane early on here. I don't know if I buy that. Uh, that, that, that would take a lot of cap gymnastics for the Bruins to get through. They're very impressive against the salary cap. However, I agree with the premise of this Boston Bruins team, which currently sits at 16 and two uh, so far this season uh, out to a torrid start. I mean, this had, had been categorized before this season even started as the last dance for, uh, for this group, you know, and most likely Patrice Bergeron's last season, David Krejci coming back from what will probably be one final season. Uh, you know, your core as it was, is going to be gone after this year. Brad Marchand will still be around. David Pasternak is part of that core but really he he is the one who uh signifies you know the the new wave and obviously you know knock on wood that he'll still be here uh you know he has not signed yet i i know he will so this boston bruins team really should be exploring all possibilities to go all in at the deadline yeah move assets move first round picks do what you need to to get a winger uh you know could it be Kane? Maybe. Could it be Vladimir Tarasenko? If uh, if I know St. Louis has started to heat up again, but if they don't find themselves in the playoff picture uh, by the deadline, you know, go all in for a uh, a player who could make a real impact for you down the stretch. The Bruins are getting tremendous secondary scoring right now. Hampus Lindholm, as Lauren pointed out, has been one of those uh, those, those guys. Uh, he's been a point per game player from the blue line. Incredible, uh, but. Never take for granted the the ability to add some more punch by the deadline, especially if adding that punch prevents one of your opponents from doing it themselves. So I like the idea of the Bruins being aggressive as we get closer to the trade deadline. And again, as we record this, we're still a good three plus months away from it, but I, I like the idea. So we'll have to see what happens. And of, of course, if more trade rumors do come up, we'll be sure to talk about them here on Snipe and Selly. But the main purpose of this episode this is the gobble gobble edition of Snipe and Sally. You know, we're recording a couple days before Thanksgiving. Um, we w- want to go around, uh, you know, have each of our line mates talk about, uh, you know, what they're thankful for, uh, you know, both on the ice and off. Uh, talk about, uh, you know, some of our favorite Thanksgiving traditions. Talk about uh, uh, our favorite foods and sides. So a lot of puck talk this episode, but also mixing in some Thanksgiving. So uh, very excited about that. So I want to slide back over uh, to Lauren and I want uh, I want you to share with uh, with our our listeners uh, what you're thankful for. You know, you have the floor. Uh, very very thankful for Patrice Bergeron. I think that obviously everything he does for the Bruins and the community is just incredible. And just to continue to play at such a high level at a quote unquote old age is just remarkable. He gets better with with every year, just like wine, just gets better. You know, aging like a fine wine. But very just. I'm grateful for this team being good <laughs> because it'd be very different if they started the way they were expected to start. Maybe we were kind of not out on them, but we were like, they just need to, you know, you know tread water and they're running away with this. They were walking all over water. So certainly grateful for that. And then off the ice, um, very grateful for my grandmother's health. She had COVID a few weeks ago or about a month ago and she's 94. So that's a scary thing when she's 94 and healthy otherwise. So grateful that she ended up feeding it, told me she wasn't sick at all, even though she had no voice. So 
super, super grateful for her and her wittiness still. She told me she was making dinner the other night and she cut her finger and she's like, well, that's one way to get out of making dinner and doing things. And I was like, oh, okay. So super grateful for her. And she still makes her jokes every year. Oh, if I'm around next year, if I'm around and she'd be doing that for as long as I can remember, like probably since she was like in her seventies. So uh, very grateful. I know that 94 is, is old, but I'm still convinced to this day that she is going to outlive every single person on this earth. Yeah, very, very well said, Lauren. Uh, I'm I'm currently worried about the health of my own grandmother, uh, my Nana Paselli. So uh, I, I definitely get where you're coming from with the appreciation for good health. Uh, we cannot take uh, these, you know, these loved ones of ours for granted. So absolutely. And of course, Patrice Bergeron, who, as we record this episode, is sitting on 999 career points. So possibly as soon as, you know, 30, 40 minutes from now, he'll, he will be recording his 1,000th point in his illustrious career. He is aging very much like a fine wine, like the finest wine you have ever tasted. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's just been an absolute treat to watch him continue to age gracefully, to be a real beacon for uh, for light and, uh, and, and positivity in uh, the hockey world and for uh, the city of Boston. So, Hopeful that uh, Patrice Bergeron can go out with a, a Stanley Cup in what is most likely his final season. Uh, but regardless, he is. There's a there's you know th there are ways that you you kind of limp out of your playing career, and some players do that. He is very much not doing that. So, regardless of how he goes out, it's gonna it's gonna look very graceful. Uh, it's gonna look uh, incredible. So, uh, very grateful uh, as you mentioned for Patrice Bergeron. Thank you very much, Lauren. Mike, how about yourself, my friend? Um, you know, what are some of the things that you are grateful for, both on the ice and off uh, this uh, this year? So off the ice, I'm so grateful for my family, as uh, I, I always say. I've had a little bit of a some tough stretches throughout this year, and just having a family, my my amazing wife, my kids, and then my family back home in Boston, uh, my brother who lives out here, just always being there to support me. Uh, through everything and support each other because we've all obviously gone through our own challenges and to just have that support and to be that support when those that you love are going through that it just it means it means quite a lot especially around this time of year on the ice uh, very similar to to Lauren I'm always um, grateful for Patrice Bergeron I'm grateful for Linus Olmark he's another one that we complete um the you know Sweeney hit on it was a little bit last year where people were you know giving him a lot of giving him a lot of shit and um thinking maybe he wasn't going to live up to what he was but you know this year is absolutely unreal um the start that he is off to in this season is monumental and it's just a pleasure to to watch that team obviously Hampus Lindholm I was going to talk about him as well um I was reading you know sometimes I, I go through the ESPN like top articles just to see things to look at and it's amazing to think that when they did their you know every team's MVP at this point of the season that for the Bruins it wouldn't be Linus Olmark who has played absolutely lights out hockey but it's actually Hampus Lindholm uh, like Lauren you said it's just this whole team is firing on so many cylinders finally getting good play from the blue line finally getting depth scoring uh, let's just put it all together yeah so well said I mean so much to unpack there I mean one of the things, and it's an example of hell freezing over, you know, you have Brad Marchand coming back to this Bruins team after missing some time due to injury, 14 points in 10 games, which not surprising. What is surprising? Zero penalty minutes has not been in the box whatsoever in 10 games since returning. Who the hell is this? And what has he done with Brad Marchand? I mean, what's going on there? But I mean, Alina Solmark, as you pointed out, Mike, as we record this episode, currently leading the NHL in both goals against average and save percentage. So uh, through nearly a quarter of the season, definitely your Vezina front runner, uh, which again, a year ago at this time, Bruins fans were ready to bury uh, this front office over uh, bringing him in. And, uh, and it was a bad contract. This, that it's looking like a bargain of a deal and someone who I'm glad got an opportunity to get the hell out of Buffalo. Just like we were all on this show. So excited for Jack Eichel to get the hell out of Buffalo. Nothing good happens in Buffalo as evidenced by the fact that they got off to that seven and three start. And what are they, they lost out eight in a row? They've plummeted back down to earth. They're the Sabres. They're always going to be the Sabres. I'm going off topic here. 
but uh, yeah, just so much to be grateful for, uh, you know, for this uh, Boston Bruins. You need if you're, even if you're not a Bruins fan, the way that they are playing right now, you have to appreciate it. Just like you have to appreciate what uh, they're doing over in Jersey, a 12-game winning streak. The only reason why uh, the Devils don't have the best record in the National Hockey League is because of the Boston Bruins uh, and how uh, much of a torrid start they're off to. So uh, there are some really fantastic teams that have uh, got out to a great start this year. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. So we don't have to keep hearing about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, you know, let's have some fresh blood seeing this upstart Jersey team that uh, that a couple games in the season, the crowd was chanting fire Lindy Ruff. Because uh, they lost to the Flyers, uh, like okay, things have taken a, a turn. Now they're they're chanting, "We're sorry, Lindy," in the in the stands in Jersey of, of the Prudential Center. So uh, good. Uh, <laughs> it's good to see that Jersey team off to a good start. But I, I absolutely agree with you, Mike, on your your more important point, and that is uh, being grateful for family. And Mike has a beautiful family that I have gotten uh, the opportunity to get to know a little bit over these last couple of years. Um, and that support system is important for everyone. Everyone, please cherish your support system that you have in place. Tell your people that you love them, even if it's for no reason, just on a random Tuesday afternoon. Text, you know, your loved ones if you still have them around. Let them know that you appreciate them. You never know uh, how critical that will be to their day. So I absolutely agree, Mike. Very well stated. As for myself, and again, we're going to get into some of our favorite uh, Thanksgiving traditions, some of our favorite um, uh, meals and sides for sure. But as for myself, I am thankful this year, and, and we've talked on this show a lot about hockey culture and uh, all of the flaws in hockey culture. I'm going to take a different route when I talk about what I'm thankful for on the ice and I'm, I'm thankful for the sport of hockey and what it can be for young people and for, uh, for you know, people um, you know, playing professionally. Uh, as I've talked about on this show a couple of times, I did start to coach youth hockey this year. And that's something that I've had an interest in doing uh, for a while. But I, I took the plunge this year. And despite some ups and downs with hockey parents, uh, it has been an experience that I, I'm so, so incredibly grateful that I did this to see in just a couple months, seeing, you know, a, a young person making, uh, you know, strides in their game, gaining confidence and uh, and the smile on their face when, uh, you know, when when they come back to the bench after scoring a goal, after struggling to do so and, and saying, Coach Mark, I did what you told me. I mean, I nearly melted. I nearly melted on the uh, on the bench uh, just this past weekend. Uh, you know, one of my players came back to me and said, I, I did what you told me, coach. I mean, that that really is what it's all about. And it really can be such a beautiful thing for young kids to try, uh, regardless of skill. It's about, uh, you know, making a ton of friends. And I, I, you know, see these kids, they all get along. They talk about, uh, you know, uh, some of them go to the same schools. Uh, you know, some of them go to different schools. They're they're talking to each other about what they did in school that day. They're they're hanging out in school together as friends when they weren't previously, uh, and being a positive influence uh, for these kids is something that uh, that we need more people to step up and do. Be a positive influence for young kids. Uh, you know, who are trying to play a sport. It helps them build confidence, uh, but it also gives them uh, a a sense of positivity in their lives that they might not be getting at home. All right. They might not be getting positive reinforcement from their parents. They, they might not have a parent there to give them positive reinforcement. Uh, so do what you can for these young people. It's about the kids. It's not about the score. It's not about wins and losses. It's about these kids. Uh, so even if it's not coaching hockey, even if it's not involved with a sport, uh, do what you can for, uh, for you know, these young people and, uh, be uh, be a positive force in their life. So that that is really what I am uh, thankful for uh, this year is is the sport of hockey and what it can represent. Um, you know, there it has represented a lot of bad things, unfortunately, as we've talked about on this show. But it can represent so many incredible things as well. And uh, and I'm thankful for that side of the, the sport of hockey and hockey culture. Um, as for off the ice. I mean, I have to kind of echo what uh, my line mates have said here. I am a uh, a very family oriented person. 
Um, one of the things that I have loved about coaching youth hockey this year is that I am actually doing it with my younger brothers. The three of us are coaching a team together. Uh, so I've got to spend more time with, uh, with my brothers, even than I did before. And I, we spent a good amount of time together before, uh, beforehand too. So, uh, you know, we're, we're spending more time together than ever. Uh, I, I look at them not as someone who's nearly seven years older than them, but I, I look at them as, uh, as, as peers at this point. Uh, it's great to be able to continue to connect with them. Um, when I know that, you know, especially in the case of both of my parents, uh, those type of sibling relationships don't exist. Um, you know, things happen in family sometimes, and I don't want I don't want my parents to see that happen to my brothers and I, and it won't because we have a very strong bond, and we're going to continue uh, fostering that bond. So I'm thankful for uh, for having uh, you know those two fantastic young men in my lives uh, in my life, my uh, my brothers, and. I, uh, I'm very, uh, very grateful for that. So uh, like both of uh, my line mates said, very grateful for family, especially this time of year. And I will not hesitate, even if it elicits kind of a eye roll response, uh, you know, via text, I will not hesitate to reach out to them and just let them know on a random, you know, 2 p.m. on a Thursday, hey, I just want to tell you, I love you, man. You know, you can do that. You can do that to friends, family, let them know that while while they're still around that uh, that you care about them. So I'll get off my soapbox here uh, for, uh, for for a while. Uh, I did want to, again, uh, one of the best things about Thanksgiving, which is personally my favorite holiday, um, and uh, I know that uh, that's always a hot-button debate, what uh, what's everyone's favorite holiday. For me, it is Thanksgiving. So many things I appreciate about uh, the holiday, but mainly it is the food and the family, the the family time, uh, the stuff in your face, Watching football—it's—it's a—it's an incredible uh, thing every year. Uh, I wanted to hear from each of my line mates what some of their favorite Thanksgiving traditions and some of their favorite uh, dishes were. Lauren, I want to head back over to you. Uh, you know what? What are your highlights of uh, the Thanksgiving holiday? Yeah, I think since I've had Twitter, every Thanksgiving I tweet food, family, and football, which is just like the perfect. Uh, description of what Thanksgiving is in, in the Campbell household. My mom's hosted for as long as I can remember. So it's just my job to show up and eat whatever she puts on the table. And it's one of my favorite things. You know, we get to be around our family. My brother will bring his dogs. I get to hang out with him and his wife. And we usually, get, you know, hang out afterwards and go to his house for a nightcap. So it's just a really good day of family. And even though I'm working, I'm working from home, I'm done at five. So get to enjoy the the late games, get to enjoy the dessert, the best part. Um, but some of my favorite food and it's no brainer stuffing and green bean casserole. Just like, don't, don't, don't even give me anything else. If, if that's all that was on my plate, I would be 100% fine with that. And when I was a kid, I'm realizing this now as a 33 year old, year old adult that my mom did this because I wouldn't eat anything as a kid that mac and cheese was always a staple on our table and it hasn't been for a, a while now and I'm like oh it's because I actually eat like an adult now <laughs> so she just kind of got rid of the mac and cheese but mac and cheese is an elite side and if you have mac and cheese at your table on Thanksgiving I'm coming over but those three are the best uh not a really a pie person I don't like pie I know that's a little controversial but I've tried it it's too much texture for me I'm not a texture person which is weird because I like stuffing so <laughs> I know we don't have this on video but if you guys could see Mark's face right now <laughs> and just absolutely shocked that I do not like pie yeah I don't I I like cake I'm a cake person I've tried so hard I really really have and I don't like pumpkin flavor so that kind of takes that off um yeah, I know. I'm a terrible Thanksgiving guest. I'll I'll eat, but I'll eat the sides. I won't eat the the pies. I'm more for you guys. And uh, cranberry is garbage. Just making sure everyone knows that. I think I'm gonna get booted off this. Oh yes, not again. Texture. It jiggles. It shouldn't jiggle. It's gross. It's like Jello. It's lit, but nope. And then obviously, wine. We love wine at the Thanksgiving table. So. Those, those are my, I guess, very basic things. And I'm, I think I'm going to just like leave the room now because I'm a little scared of what's to come now. No, no, Lauren, trust me. You're actually a fantastic Thanksgiving guest because you don't like any of the good things. So it's more for me. 
uh, more pumpkin pie for me because you don't want to have it and more uh, can cranberry sauce straight out of the can because uh, that's the best kind uh, because you don't want to have it. I need to see those ridges, all right? It needs to jiggle, okay? I need that cranberry sauce badly and I can't wait for it on Thursday. <laughs> uh, um, did you have any particular uh, other traditions um, that, uh, that the, the Campbell household uh, engages in on Thanksgiving or uh, is that kind of it? No, that's really it. Christmas, we do like little poppers. They're like the two, you hold them on both sides and you pop them and then it comes to the paper crown. So we all wear those. Like that's the big Christmas tradition in our family, but nothing too crazy. We usually celebrate my uncle's birthday as well because it is, uh... oh God, it was two days ago and I did not text him. So it, we celebrate his birthday as well. Um, and it's just, it's we don't get together a lot with our family. They're about an hour away. You know, We all work. We have crazy crazy schedules my mom works in a hospital obviously work in sports but we usually after we eat you can find all of us strewn across the living room in various places whether it's the floor the couch the love seats just watching football we're probably not talking to each other because we did all the talking when everyone got there so we're just digesting some of us are sleeping so it's a it's a very low-key holiday which I think is why I love it so much it's stress-free I just like I said I just have to show up watch football, eat and hang with the family and probably listen to my grandmother be like, well, if I'm here next year, God, if God gives me another year. So that's, that's probably one of the tradition I'm looking forward to what she's going to say this year about next year. Love it. Absolutely love it. And you're right. The low key nature of the holiday is kind of what makes it perfect. There's not this stress about what you're going to wear. Uh, hey, you're gonna wear something that you're comfortable uh, having your, uh, your your Thanksgiving belly uh, for. You know, uh, people are not worried about how they're gonna look on Thanksgiving. Um, Mike, I'd love to slide over to you uh, to hear from you next. Uh, what some of your favorite uh, traditions are uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday? What uh, you know, some of your favorite uh, dishes are? Uh, you have the floor, my friend. Damn, Lauren got spicy here. <laughs> Um, I love all of the things that Lauren passes on. So, um, well, but first, so we always host Thanksgiving. Um, growing up, my family always hosted Thanksgiving. Everyone would come over to our house. My mom and dad would make the dinner. Um, and then when we moved out to San Diego, we sort of just kept, kept going with it. So Candace and I, uh, host, we kind of do a transplant Island of misfits, sort of mishmash of people. We, you know, anyone who doesn't have a place, um, you know, or family around, especially cause San Diego has so many transplants. It's just, Hey, come by, you know, it's going to be a good time. Just sort of, um, you know, warmness and family and food and, um, you know, we're all family. So that's been my favorite tradition since having my own family and I wouldn't change that for anything. Um, football obviously is a big thing. Psych that the Pats have a game on Thanksgiving this year. I obviously watched them watch the games, even if I don't particularly care about the teams because it's Thanksgiving Day football, which is our, always fun seeing the uh, the Cowboys and the Lions get absolutely crushed is nice. Um, this year I'm excited because now for those of you that aren't parents, you probably won't know this, but Bluey is going to be in the uh, Macy's Day Parade this year. And that is my kid's absolute favorite show. So they just were previewing the new float of Bluey uh, who's an Australian blue healer dog um, on the absolute best kids show that there is just called Bluey. Um, if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to definitely watch that with them just so that they see, they see their favorite character um, for food. So Candace makes everything. She really just goes to town. Um, I love the Turkey. I know a lot of people think it's kind of bland for a meat for such a big holiday. I love it. Um, we, Mac and cheese is a fantastic one. We have a sweet potato casserole with brown sugar and pecans, which are absolutely fantastic. Mashed potatoes. Um, chocolate pie is like a, a really good pie. It's almost it's it's almost a little more cakey than um, – well, actually, no, it's not because it, it's like very um, like whipped creamy all the way through, but the texture is not too bad. You'd probably like it, Lauren. Um, and – oh – so Mark would know about this one. The drunken pumpkin is an absolutely fire drink and is what I'm going to be partaking in this, um, this Thanksgiving. It's basically, it's like a, a, a pumpkin beer, sorry, Lauren, with some vanilla vodka. And then around the rim is like cinnamon and some other spices. 
really, really good. Absolutely fantastic drink. Um, so trying to, oh, green bean casserole is really good as well. Basically everything, corn, rolls, it, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, uh, very well stated, Mike. And I'm a, I am a big fan of the Drunken Pumpkin Candies, actually, the, uh, the person who introduced me to the Drunken Pumpkin. Uh, so that's always something that I am partaking in as well. Absolutely. Um, great to just fall time drink in general. But uh, yeah, now that you mention it, I'm definitely going to have at least one or two on uh, on Thursday. Love that. Um, yeah, I had a little bit of a coughing fit here. Uh, <laughs> I the the wine went down the wrong uh, the wrong pipe, I think. <laughs> um, so before I talk about uh, myself uh, again, our wonderful line mate Haley uh, was not able to join us tonight, but we did get uh, some something to add uh, for her before uh, uh, you know before she uh, had to. She's actually going to see Black Panther tonight with um, with her best friend Christian. So uh, we hope that she enjoys it, <clears throat> but. Really, what um, what she said is uh, now this is this is kind of controversial. Uh, Haley said she likes when the turkey is fried versus baked. Um, now I'm I see that a decent amount down south. Matt and Haley does live in Texas, um, but um, yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, I I've never had uh, I've never had my turkey uh, fried, so I'll have to try that one of these days. Um, but. Uh, Haley also loves deviled eggs as a side dish. I don't usually see that at uh, at Thanksgivings, um, at least not at uh, at mine. But uh, I love deviled eggs in general. <coughs> oh boy, um, I'm struggling here, guys. So I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, and like me, Haley also loves the canned cranberry sauce. So we share the affinity for uh, the canned gelatinous goodness that is the cranberry sauce it, it is just fantastic stuff so that, uh, that is the correct answer I, I do have to just chime in like you <laughs> you just cut right along with the ridges that is exactly how, how it's supposed to be exactly exactly L lauren i'm sorry you're just missing out like uh but oh, no well, i am not <laughs> at least i've tried it like i'm not sitting here being like oh i don't like it just and it's not something i'll ever try i am very big try it at least once uh-uh it's and it's cranberry like, i like cranberry juice that's really it but i don't like drinking a lot but cranberry like flavored stuff at all i just don't like it like no matter what and i've tried i've tried to like that i've tried to like pie it's just not for me maybe i don't know maybe my taste buds will change in a couple years but we'll see so you'll drink theoretically ocean spray cranberry juice but ocean spray also makes the cranberry sauce which tastes the same just in a different form is gelatinous but you don't like that no, it's very, very weird. Like I, hmm. my mom called me out on this recently because she said something about me not liking tomato soup, and she's like, "It doesn't even taste like tomatoes." And I was like, first of all, yes, it does. It's <laughs> disgusting." But I like ketchup, and which is clearly made from tomatoes. And I don't know. I'm just. It's very, very weird. I'm a very weird individual when it comes to food textures, flavors, just. I don't know. I can't explain it. And I wish I could because it's it's very weird. Let it be known that Lauren, formerly known as Campbell, uh, does not appreciate uh, to, uh, uh, Campbell's uh, soup. Interesting. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but um, Haley also mentioned that she they don't really have too many traditions uh, in her family, but she really enjoys uh, baking cookies with her nephew um, that she's in the last couple of years. And um, especially because it's a family recipe. So they make the uh, commish bread cookies um, that uh, her that, uh, Haley's mom specializes in making. And she actually made for our uh, FTF uh, fully baked uh, videos once. So um, I need to try these uh, commish bread cookies. Haley swears by them. So I guess they make those uh, around Thanksgiving time, which is uh, which is really cool. Uh, so that's what uh, what Haley provided. As for myself. I mean, I've already mentioned that the pumpkin pie is one of the highlights for me and i'm starting with dessert all right no one can stop me i'm starting with dessert first um pumpkin pie so i have a lot of folks like lauren in uh in my family who do not appreciate pumpkin pie now they will eat some pie so they're not completely the same but they do not like pumpkin pie so many years my mother will make a pumpkin pie delicious pumpkin pie knowing that i'm the only one who's going to eat it and she makes it anyway because she loves me and she's awesome so thank you mom i love you um 
I love pumpkin pie. I don't love it as much as Mel Kuyper, uh, who apparently eats a slice of pumpkin pie every single day for breakfast. That's like that's not an internet rumor. That's that's the truth. Apparently, he eats a slice of pumpkin pie with like uh, the ready whip uh, on it every day for uh, for breakfast. I think I'd get sick of it if I ate it that often. But for uh, you know for that brief period each November, uh, I will have as much pumpkin pie as I as I choose. Uh, so it is a, a favorite for me. Uh, I also, I do still love apple pie um, and uh, and some of the other Thanksgiving desserts. Actually, sometimes in, in an Italian family, we'll have a Thanksgiving cannoli. So we'll also do that. But uh, yeah, dessert is is fantastic. And dessert is something that I always make sure, hey, if I, if I think that I might not have room for dessert, I will cut myself off from sides and, and, uh, and, and main courses a little bit early because like, I need to have room for dessert. It just, it's, it's a must for me. However, I will go back to, uh, the main, uh, the main courses now. So I am a big, I'm a big drumstick person. All right. So I need to have a leg. Uh, I need to have a turkey leg. Um, uh, so, uh, it's, it's always dark meat for me for that reason. I, I have to have a leg, uh, uh, every year. Maybe I'll have to try it fried one of these years. Uh, but, uh, for now, yeah, I, I love turkey legs and I am a massive, massive, massive stuffing person. All right. I will have an entire plate full of stuffing. Uh, it is uh, people just say uh, it's just the stuff you put inside the turkey. It's not that good. Not so. In the Paselli family, we have two different types of stuffing. Okay, uh, we take it very seriously. So uh, my stuffing, my mashed potatoes, I am very, very much loaded up on starch. Uh, that's like ninety percent of my plate is stuffing and mashed potatoes, and then I just have to pile the other stuff on top. Uh, so. I love stuffing and mashed potatoes. I love my turkey leg. I always love sweet potato as well. Um, so I always kind of uh, I I funk I put my plate. I take this very seriously, guys. I put my plate in a, in a way where I have my sweet potato and my mashed potatoes uh, right next to each other, uh, followed by uh, my stuffing. Because if you were to put gravy on each of those things, the gravy intermingling with the other thing right next to it is not a big deal. All right, so that's why I put it in that uh, in that in that fashion. Besides that, I do love the green bean casserole as well. Uh, that, that's for sure. Um, my family is not a mac and cheese family, Lauren, but I agree with you that it is an elite side. Uh, it's just never featured at our Thanksgiving table. Um, but I wish that it was. And maybe I'll campaign for it in future years. Although there's only you know, so much room for, uh, for, for all these sides. But as for myself, like uh, Mike said, I, I'm a huge Thanksgiving football guy. So it, the tradition of regardless of whether you like these teams yeah, watching the lions get killed by, uh, by, by uh, usually a team that's not much better than them, but you know, it's, the lions just get obliterated regardless is a, uh, is a tradition. You know, you around noon, you turn on the TV, it's uh, Nance and Romo talking about uh, how this might be the year. The lions actually win this Thanksgiving game only for them to lose by like three touchdowns. Then you have the, uh, the Cowboys game where the Cowboys are usually getting their asses kicked too on Thanksgiving. Um, so uh, and then this year we do have uh, uh, the Patriots playing against the Vikings at night. So hopefully the Pats can, uh, can pull it off on a short week. But uh, yeah, I, I, I always, uh, I always love, uh, you know, the all day of football. Uh, we're a, a football household where everyone knows, Hey, there's not going to be as much conversation because the, the football games are going to be on. Uh, it's, it's a thing. We all embrace it. Instead of having that one family member who like, Oh, well, you know, I'd love to talk about some stuff, but uh, these Neanderthals are over here watching football. No, that doesn't happen in, in our uh, household. Everyone embraces the football. Um, we used to have a big Thanksgiving uh, with my father's side of the family. Uh, that that uh, used to be the thing, uh, not on my mother's side of the family, which uh, unfortunately at this point, relationships are strained. It doesn't really exist. Uh, however, on my father's side of the family, it, it just gotten too big. Uh, everyone, uh, is, uh, you know, my father has, uh, has, you know, four siblings. Uh, everyone is, uh, everyone's married with kids and a lot of their kids are now married with kids. There's too many babies, uh, right now to, uh, and so there's not enough room for all of us. So, uh, everyone kind of does their own thing now. So, uh, I, it's usually just, uh, you know, the five of us, my, my brothers and my parents and I for Thanksgiving now, um, we're going to be down in Cape Cod at my parents' house down there. Actually, it's going to be four of us. My my brother is going to his girlfriend's house for Thanksgiving for the first time, so good luck to him. Um, but uh, it's uh, I I just absolutely love the holiday, and of course, my favorite tradition is 
I'm not a Black Friday shopping person. Okay, I, I'll 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 do the deals uh, online or Cyber Monday. I don't leave the house, uh, so I don't do uh, the shopping thing like a lot of people do. Uh, however, my Black Friday is spent watching the Bruins always. The Bruins are always playing the day after Thanksgiving, and I am having the very important day after Thanksgiving leftover sandwich. All right, so to instruct everyone at home. Uh, the day over left uh, the day after leftover Thanksgiving sandwich needs to be done on a very sturdy bread. You can't do it on a roll, okay? It needs to be a very sturdy bread. You should, I like to use a crusty bread, all right? Because you need structural integrity because you're going to put a thin layer of the mashed potatoes almost to act like a mayonnaise, but you're putting a little bit more on than uh, than you know usually would mayonnaise. So you're putting a thin layer of the mashed potatoes. You're going to put your turkey. You're going to put your stuffing. You're going to put some cranberry, Lauren. And maybe you put a little bit of gravy on. All right, not too much, not too much. Or you could possibly have a little dish of gravy for the side. You dip the sandwich in kind of French dip style. Uh, so that is very important. All right, so that's uh, that, that's how I like to operate my day after Thanksgiving sandwich. That's one of my favorite traditions is that sandwich and watching the Bruins uh, last year it did not go very well, so hopefully this year against the Hurricanes, the Bruins fare a lot better on Black Friday. But that is one of my absolute favorite traditions. So <laughs> that's uh, God. That that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of what we had uh, to uh, to come to the table with uh, for this episode. Um, before we wrap things up, I did of course want to go around each of my line mates uh, because it has been about a week and a half since the last time we all got together and and have them share with us who's really caught their eye lately. Uh, so teams around the National Hockey League, uh, who's uh, you know who's really impressing people as of late, who's on a hot streak, who's really cooled off. Uh, so Lauren, I'd love to head over to you first. Uh, what teams have really caught your eye lately? Yeah, um, obviously the Bruins. I mean, I think that's a given. We talked a lot about them in our opening face-offs, but um, Mark, you mentioned them too. The, the New Jersey Devils, like, hello. I did not expect them to go on this kind of streak that they did they're 10 and they're one 10 and 0 in their last 10 I no they've won their last 12 that's what it is and just absolutely insane and I maybe they are I don't think they're this good but maybe they are a legitimate competitor or contender I think it was really funny that the fans were chanting fire Lindy and now they're saying sorry Lindy it's it makes me laugh it's like he heard that he's like I'm gonna turn this team around and he certainly did. So shout out to them. And um, the Flyers are catching my eye in a disappointing way. I think they started off kind of hot there. And I was like, oh, maybe Tortorella really is the answer here. And maybe his he's changed his ways a little bit. And maybe he still has. I admittedly do not watch a lot of Flyers games. But they have lost six in a row. And we had that great clip from Tortorella where they're like, what's going on? He's like, we suck. And it's I don't know it's just kind of gone downhill since then and disappointing because I thought maybe like I said that Tortorella could turn this team around I think they have good players they obviously do and it's just not not looking good for them right now but you know it, I said last week or the week before that it's early but it's Mark I think you brought it up it's about that time that we do see kind of where teams are what they kind of have to deal with and you know if you're not in a playoff spot by the end December 1st it's difficult to get into that kind of position. So, um, and then obviously my abs, shout out my abs, look at them climbing up that central division, the underdogs that they are proud of them. So um, obviously just obviously go abs and Bruins. So those guys, it's, it's been very entertaining hockey across the board. Anytime I tune into ESPN plus or even TNT, it's very entertaining hockey one way or another. And to be clear, Lauren, uh, contrary to what Greg Wyshynski uh, might say, uh, you're not watching hockey just because you think the players are attractive, right? Bill Castle is so hot. <laughs> I don't know what people are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not watching because the players are hot. And it's funny because, like, you watch the games. You don't. You can't even see what they look like. I'm watching the game right now. You cannot see their faces. When they got their helmets on, you cannot see their faces. And it, it's uh, it's such a tired narrative, like – I don't care if you're joking, get a new joke, get a new slant because women do not watch hockey because people are hot. I mean, yeah, it's, some of the hockey players are very good looking. I think they're some of the best 
some of the best looking athletes. I mean, the Bruins have a very handsome team, but that's not why I'm tuning in. It's certainly not why I pursued a career in sports. If that was the case, then I would be in this profession for all the wrong reasons. And I would not be making a lot of money doing so. Yeah. As soon as I saw that, uh, that tweet from, uh, from Wyshynski, I was like, Oh yeah. He goes, Oh, is it because there, there's not as much fights anymore? Is that uh, why women are watching uh, hockey more? Yeah. It has nothing to do with the fact that the new TV deal has put the game on a much uh, wider platform on, uh, on TNT, which is on uh, much more uh, cable uh, packages than, uh, than it was before on NBC sports network, which was not on a lot of cable packages unless you specifically requested it. And the games are on streaming now with ESPN plus like, Maybe it's because there's more options to watch and people can actually watch the teams now. Like, I, I, I couldn't believe that tweet. And also, not for nothing, my grandmother loves the fighting. So, and she's 94. She's watched hockey for a very, very long time. They weren't wearing helmets when she started watching hockey. So, if he would like to have a word with her, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to sit down and beat him respectfully. I- I will say when they weren't wearing helmets, that's when my mother apparently fell in love with Derek Sanderson. So um, uh, there, there was a little bit of that for my mother, at least. But uh, but yeah, the prevailing notion is that, uh, yeah, women are watching the sport because they, believe it or not, they actually just love the sport of hockey. How about that? Um, and they they love to talk about on Snipe and Selly what, uh, what the teams are doing that are impressing them and depressing them at the moment. So thank you, Lauren. Mike, how about yourself, my friend? Uh, what teams have really caught your eye uh, at this moment? So, it's, you know, you got to lead off with the Bruins and the Devils. It's amazing to think that the Bruins are off to a 16-2 and two start, and they're two, two points ahead only in the, um, in the Eastern Conference because New Jersey has just had that hot of a start as well, winning 12 straight. Um, Nico Heischer has been fantastic for that team. Um, I think – what was I looking at? Um I'm disappointed in my Ducks just sitting down there, bottom of the league, absolutely poor, poor performance this year. You have some of the most exciting guys in the league, man. Get out there, score some goals. Um, but it's it's been depressing to watch them. I actually haven't even watched them that much because it's just by the time I turn it on, I'm like, oh, this game is already over. Um, obviously, Philadelphia has been horrible. The Blue Jackets, I thought, might have a good season. Looks like they're in the Connor Bedard chase. So I can't say that I blame them because that kid has been so much fun to watch. Uh, I feel like every night there's another clip of him doing something absolutely ridiculous, just making uh, the competition that he's playing look like legitimate children. Um, And I'm still unsure how to feel about Vancouver. Like, they're just they're just so as the kids say at this day mid there's nothing about them that is exciting and i want that team to be good so uh, once again hashtag free thatcher demko yeah seriously um not not uh not good over there in vancouver at the moment and uh, demko has been kind of uh you know hel- you know held out to dry uh, to, uh a lot of times but yeah the ducks i mean that that was a team that i am 90% sure uh, on this show, in the uh, you know one of our first episodes of the season, I said like, yeah, I thought, hey, th- these guys will make a run at a playoff spot. Um, you'll never hear that because if it does exist, I'm going to burn the audio. Uh, but uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure I predicted that they would make a playoff push this year, and yeah, they are just putrid, very, very bad. Them and San Jose are just two teams that completely fallen out of it out west. Um, but yeah, listen. I can't speak enough praise about the New Jersey Devils. Uh, just 12 in a row. Uh, it's a team that everyone thought might take a little bit of a leap this year, but not this much. Uh, and it's getting past the point where you can say like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, who who knows if it, it's going to last. It looks like it's going to last, all right? The, these, these guys are are in it in the Metropolitan Division, and they got a nice little, uh, little cushion over uh, the Carolina Hurricanes at the moment. So I think it'll last. I have to bring up, of course, I, I mentioned them before. I love to rag on the Buffalo Sabres. Eight straight losses. Uh, they are an awful hockey team. Uh, and I just I, I love the fact that it happened once again because the city of Buffalo just gets far too cocky about, uh, about uh, both their football and their hockey team. And uh, so we'll have to see uh, what happens. The football team is still very good uh, as long as the quarterback's arm is still attached to its body. Um, who knows how much longer that'll be the case with that medical staff out there in Buffalo. But 
I digress. Uh, the Sabres look like a dumpster fire. Uh, the the Florida Panthers are a team that I have to highlight. I mean, I think we all just assumed that they'd be good again this year. And this team has legitimate issues. They have uh, issues with the salary cap where they can't uh, dress uh, enough players on some nights because uh, they don't have the cap space to do it. Uh, they are currently you know nine and ten basically you know nine eight and two. Uh, but uh, you know, they're a team that's going to be fighting to try and get back into the playoffs this year. And we all just assumed they'd win the uh, the Atlantic Division again. Not the case. Uh, so that's a team that's definitely disappointing me at the moment. And then on the plus side, I have to shout out the New York Islanders. My Islanders, just like Lauren has her abs. Uh, the Islanders have sneakily put together a solid start to the season. Um, they, they have lost their last two, all right, in, in fairness, uh, but they had been on a real hot streak before that. Uh, they, had, they had won seven of their last ten. Uh, they are currently in a playoff spot in the Metropolitan Division. They're sitting at 11-8. and eight. And Matt Barzell, one of the weirdest stat lines, like zero goals and 21 assists or something. Like he, he's racking up points, no goals. Uh, it, it's been uh, an, an incredible start to uh, uh, to the season, uh, you know, for uh, for the Isles after uh, a little bit of a slow start. It, it's been uh, they've rebounded very nicely. And then I, I again have to shout out the Seattle Kraken. All right, they are seven two and one in their last ten. They've won back to back games. They are firmly in a playoff spot right now in the Pacific, uh, ahead of Edmonton, ahead of Calgary, uh, teams that uh, you know are, are viewed as more heavyweights. Uh, the Kraken are there, and uh, they're a point behind Los Angeles, but they have three games in hand. So, theoretically, they're probably the, the second-place team in that division behind Vegas. Uh, you know, the Kraken in year two. How about it? They, they're looking good. So, um, shout-out to them. And uh, and I do begrudgingly have to give some respect to the St. Louis Blues. As I mentioned, they had started off 3-8. and eight. They've won six in a row to get back above 500. Uh, so, you know, we'll uh, – We'll see if it keeps going for them, but uh, yeah, they certainly look like they've righted the ship there. So we'll have to see if that continues um, in St. Louis. But that's going to do it for our gobble-gobble edition of Snipe and Selly. I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share any empty netters they had to wrap up uh, this episode. Lauren, we'll start with you as always. Yeah, I just want to shout out Derek. Eric, he worked really hard on this story that aired on Boston 25 uh, Sunday night. He's been working on it for probably well over a month about this goalkeeper at Endicott College who um, cut off part of her finger to continue to play soccer at the college level. So I thought that was a really cool way for him to tell her story. And the like I said, the amount of work that you see it happen behind the scenes and the, the producing, the writing, the editing, he did it all. So it was really, really cool to see his work come to life. I think that working behind the scenes, a lot of producers, whether it's radio, TV, music, anything, don't get the credit they deserve for putting in the work that they do. So I just had to shout him out. Um, he's really kicking ass over there at, at Fox. And I'm super proud of him to go kind of out of his comfort zone. He's always wanted to do something like this. And he just took it by the horns and was like, I'll do it. And I think he crushed it. Maybe I'm a little biased, but I thought he did a wonderful job. And I think it goes to show too that that he's talented. I'm going to stop gushing over my husband. I, I'm very, very, obviously very thankful and grateful for him too, but just had to shout him out. Um, it was, like I said, really cool to see his work on something that isn't Nesson. <laughs> nice to see him kind of branch out and get do something he really, really has wanted to do. That's awesome. That's awesome, uh, Lauren. And, and uh, shout out to Derek, who also recently made the correct choice of shirt for uh, for a wedding that you guys attended. He chose the white shirt, uh, which was the correct choice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, shout out to Derek for sure. Um, I'm going to have to make sure to, to read that article. I saw that you had uh, posted the link uh, the other day. So I'll have to go and give that uh, give that a read. Uh, great work by Derek. Mike, how about yourself, uh, my friend, an empty netter to wrap up this episode? Of course. And I probably could have or should have done this in the who's hot, who's not segment. But I kind of wanted to give them their own segment. Uh, Boston Pride. Let's go. 4-0 through the first two weeks of the season. And here's my problem. I always try to do things and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a homer. So, and when I did my season preview for the PHF season, I picked the goalie from Toronto to be the best goaltender in the PHF this season. So what does Corinne Schroeder do? She posts three straight shutouts in the first three games of the season. You know, they ended up winning five, four, I believe in the fourth game, but still four and oh, three shutouts one goal per game through the first four games 
absolute ridiculousness. The Boston Pride, our wagon, they are the best team in hockey. Yeah, and so, 4-0 so far. Uh, you know, going for, uh, I mean, they're already in dynasty status, but they're they're going to just further it right now. So, yeah, shout out to the Pride. What a start to the season for them. Absolutely. Um, and for my empty netter, um, going uh, non-hockey or related on this one, um, anyone who has, you know, listened to this show or follows me on social media knows how big of a nerd I am. Uh, I love uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, nerdy, uh, you know, TVs and movie, uh, TV and movies and all that stuff. And I've made a point of mentioning how I grew up watching the ever popular Power Rangers franchise. And yesterday um, we got the word that the one of the most, all right, not one of the most, the most iconic Power Ranger ever, uh, Jason David Frank, he played Tommy, the Green Ranger, White Ranger, uh, Red Zeo Ranger, Red Turbo Ranger, uh, ended up coming back uh, to the series to do a number of uh, cameos and stuff. That man is tremendous to his fans was tremendous to his fans. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away uh, Sunday at the age of 49, and it appears, although it has not been officially confirmed, it appears that uh, he did take his own life. Um, and that is just really, really tragic. Um, and someone who actually, as a gift from uh, our line mate Haley, Haley actually got me a, a birthday cameo from Jason David Frank, uh, who... Uh, just was known for doing such incredible things for all of his fans. And he left me just an incredibly inspirational and positive message that I went back and, and rewatched today talking about how, uh, you know, how much life, uh, you know, I personally had, uh, had, had left uh, to live. I wish that he had taken his own advice. Uh, he had so much more to give the world. And just another reminder that, um, you know, regardless of what profession someone's in, you never know uh, what people are going through, uh, you know, tell the people uh, that uh, that you love, that you appreciate them while they're still around. Uh, I know that his loved ones must be going through a lot today, so my thoughts are with them for sure as well. But, uh, you know, fans of that franchise are definitely, definitely grieving, as I know I am. So uh, rest in peace to Jason David Frank. That is going to do it for this episode. Uh, I wanted to have each of my line mates share with our listeners where they could be found online. As always, we will start with Lauren. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. I will be on Twitter till the day it dies. So uh, you can find me there. Hopefully it's around for a long time still because that's clearly I love Twitter way too much, but find me there. You can find all of my written work on nesson.com, tons and tons of Bruins content and a lot of Red Sox offseason content. So a lot of good stuff there. Um, Nothing Bruins pod. It'll it'll come back. It'll come back eventually, I promise. But once it's back, you can hear me hosting that, and you can hear me co-hosting the Locked On Red Sox podcast Monday through Friday. Um, still not great news coming out of the Red Sox camp with tendering Ryan Brazier a contract, not even looking at Verlander and DeGrom, though I don't think they could really afford them with what they have to do, but just it's not fun right now and it should be it's, it's an exciting off season and it's not it's not giving me exciting vibes at all yeah ryan brazier has nine lives when it comes to his tenure with the boston red sox i don't quite understand it but uh you can hear lauren talking about why ryan brazier is still on the red sox on the locked on red sox podcast uh be sure to support all of lauren's work uh we are thankful for lauren uh every day but especially on uh, the thanksgiving episode uh, Mike, how about yourself, my friend? Where can all of our listeners find you online? I can be found on social media at Mike Roderick SD. Mostly it's just retweeting more brilliant people than myself, um, like Lauren. Yeah, it uh, like both Mike and Lauren, I can also be found on Twitter uh, until the day that it finally does bite the big one, which was supposed to be last week. Uh, it, it It is still around. You're seeing the horror stories every day about uh, how, you know, the people who are supposed to, like, operate the very critical functions of the website are, are not around anymore. Somehow the wheels are still turning. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mark Baselli 13 That is P-I-S-E-L-L-I. So uh, today <coughs> – the coughing came back. Uh, today I think I was talking a lot of uh, a lot of World Cup. Uh, you know, it's always an exciting time of the, uh, the year. It's normally in the summer, but now it's in, in the fall – uh, but uh, so it was kind of weird seeing World Cup soccer uh, on around Thanksgiving time, but it's kind of cool too. So 
Uh, you can find me tweeting about a lot of World Cup stuff uh, right now as well. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, we are thankful for each one of you who is listening to Snipe and Selly. We'd be even more thankful for you if you shared Snipe and Selly with the hockey fans in your life. So thank you all once again. And until the next time we all get together, enjoy the action on the ice, everybody. 